Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, it's Luke Bagley and Kyrie. We're back for another episode of the This Side Podcast. Um, obviously, we haven't recorded in a while. Um, you know, there's been a lot clearly going on in the world. Um, and during those times, we just didn't feel like it was appropriate to be posting, you know, the normal content we do, whether it be sports or music or, or anything like that. Um, we've been, you know, really trying to you know, be respectful to the space um, that everybody's been in. And we wanted to do something, you know, that would maybe educate or, or just, you know, do some new content that would be appropriate for uh, the current, you know, state of events of our country. Um, and I think we're going to try to continue to do more stuff like what our topic is today, which is the movie uh, Just Mercy that's was supposed to come out in theaters, but um, because of the times has been, you know, released on things like Amazon Prime for, for free for rent. Um, and so I, for, for, you know, the next couple of episodes, the next couple of weeks, we're going to, you know, try to incorporate documentaries, movies, um, anything about social justice, um, anything like that um, moving forward. So um, Kyrie and I watched this movie last night. Very good film. Um, and I think we're just going to jump right into it. But like I said, um, you know, we haven't probably really recorded in about a month, you know, just to, to be respectful and, um, you know, now we feel like we have a good idea of what we want to do and, um, yeah, hopefully you enjoy it. Um, but yeah, we can jump right into it. Uh, Just Mercy was a great film. It's about a, uh, a young man from Delaware who was played by Michael B. Jordan, who went to Harvard for law school. And I believe when he was interning there, he was actually interning for like death row in, in Georgia or something. Um, he met a man who he described as his age, a person who lived in a neighborhood similar to him, and it kind of shifted his whole perspective on what, you know, people on death row, who they actually were, you know, I mean, to most people, you would think of a person on death row as being a serial killer type murder. Worst of the worst type of just terrible person that you, you'd want to be on death row. Exactly. Um, and he quickly learned that in this film, that's not the case. A lot of these people put on death row are either wrongly convicted or pretty much just put on, you know, based a lot of times on their race and, race and ethnicity. So he dedicates his whole life to, once he gets out of Harvard, he pretty much moves down at like uh, Alabama. Um, I forget the name of the county, but it's the same exact uh, town or county where Attic Atticus Finch and To Kill a Mockingbird took place. Um, yeah, I mean, basically it's just this Harvard educated black dude from the North graduates, changes his life plan, moves to the South to defend these, um, alleged criminals who are facing capital punishment. Yeah. Um, so it's just obviously very heavy in nature in general. Um, but then they also go into pretty quickly, like you said, how hard it is to be one of those inmates who basically has no chance at all no, of, of let alone defending themselves, but getting out or, or escaping the death penalty. So they quickly just bring you into like how hopeless these situations are. Uh, I mean, this is based on a true story. If you mm -hmm. want to look it up, it's uh, based on Brian Stevenson. He's been doing that sort of work for over 30 years. Uh, I forget the name of his, his like initiative off the top of my head, but, um, um the, it's like it was the 
quality. It's like JIT or JTI or something like that, I want to say. But anyways. EJS or something. So you can go look that up on your own time if you please. I'm sorry I'm forgetting the name. But the main point is, um, like you said, it doesn't even matter if he's a Harvard-educated guy. It doesn't matter if um, its story is mainly about one criminal who was completely just wrongly convicted, wasn't even in the same town as the murder that he was alleged to have committed. So they showed him leaving work, kind of driving home, get stopped by the police. Uh, Next thing you know, he's on death row, literally. And that's just how easy it is. Like he owned his own business. The cop was even talking about how nice his truck was. Like, who do you work for? Where'd you get this truck? There's no way basically like you could have this truck or bought this on your own. Then he's like, actually, I did because I have my own business, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, well, it sounds like this guy, no one's going to come looking for this guy, really. So they took him for all intents and purposes. So, I mean, obviously this connects to the larger issue issues, plural, that are highlighted in today's climate. Um, so, I mean, I've obviously been pretty outspoken, like generally speaking, uh, I don't want to say throughout my life, but obviously I haven't done enough, but like, I don't really want to hear from me because I kind of already know all the things I kind of want to hear more from you. Yeah. Uh, cause that's what throughout all this, I've, it's been tough for me because people come to me for, yeah. uh, questions, answers, doubts, insecurities about themselves. I mean, all kinds of things. So I've just tried to listen as well. I mean, a lot of people are telling themselves like, Oh, be a great ally. You need to, you know, open your ears up, but I've actually been doing the same because I realized that people people just had apparently had no idea about these things. So like I said, I want to hear from you. Like, what did you think about uh, the movie, Brian Stevenson's story, uh, Johnny D Williams story or whatever yeah. his name was. I'm forgetting that as well, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much um, just to kind of go off what you said um, about why he gets convicted. So Johnny D's character is played by uh, Jamie Foxx in the movie. Absolutely killed this just, role, by the way. Well, yeah. They, I thought Johnny, him. I thought Jamie Foxx was the best character by far actor, sorry, in this, him? in this movie. And then, the, well, so after, at the end of the movie, they show the real people mm-hmm. and you just show like how good of a job they did come across. The they board. nailed all of them. The guy from Holes, I don't even know that actor's name, but he was the guy who they got to convict him. Oh, yes. The, uh, the, the older white guy, yeah, kind of short yeah. guy, always kind of plays like a mean old guy, <laughs> old white guy. What's his name? I'm going to look this up. Yeah, Go ahead, though. Look him up. But they nailed that. They, like, just nailed these, these uh, you know, these characters perfectly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it – was, I don't want to say it was – eye-opening because you kind of get from the jump like oh this is alabama and then you understand like cops are involved and so it, it wasn't shocking but tim blake nelson tim blake shout, shout out to, shout out to tim blake nelson <laughs> but uh o'shea jackson jr also in this film were we were we right about aka uh, ice cube jr okay good i was like making sure okay but uh no yeah it was just it was uh it was just a well well-written film um well-recorded film. I don't know how to say it, but you see, you realize they, they talk about um, in the movie, Michael B. Jordan's character, he goes to Johnny D's family um, and kind of, he's trying to kind of like put together a case for Johnny D. Cause he's like, wait, none of like right from the jump, you kind of understand that how they got him. They just don't have any. Evidence. So they have one testimony from an inmate 
from and they met with him like at these weird times and they only used one testimony. So they were basically doing the classic uh, trick of using uh, an, all, an already convicted criminal yeah. to reduce his or her sentence. He then gives up information which he or she may or may not even have, which we saw in this case was all completely made up. Like bat, like like straight up lies. Like disgusting. Like I said, he wasn't even there in at, the, the, in, at the scene of the crime ever. In so. the movie, uh, Brad, I'm gonna say Brad Stevens, um, but uh, um, he pretty much gets like these tapes of the guy saying. I'm not going to do this. He wasn't like, he literally says on these, the first time the cops met with him, he's like, no, I am not going to lie to the jury. You can put the Bible on my hand. You can put me on a, uh, lie detector yeah, test. detector test. And you're, I'm just sitting there watching it. Like this runs so deep, like, you know, with everything going on, you realize like, it's more than just, you know, police brutality. It's like, the courts, you know, the judges, the, the, the prosecutors, DA, yeah, the DA, everybody, the, I mean, the, what do you call it? Everyone, it's it's the president all the, the way system. down. It's, yeah. it's a system. It's and like, that's where your brain just is like, where you just really, you stay up at night thinking like, well, what, how do we truly change this? Cause you know, that's where your, the gears in your brain, like, at least for me, just go like, you know, these protests are awesome. There's so many things we can do, but, this is such a like systemic, like racial, so so many levels to it that it's like we have to really peel this back, and it's not you know going to be solved in a week of people putting black boxes on Instagram or you know retweeting or liking stuff. Which you know that's what I've been doing. I'm not going to like sit here and act like I know I went to a protest. I, I tried to you know sign as many things as I could on Twitter, or donate money, done all of it. But then when you watch stuff like this, it's like oh, this isn't going to be solved, you know, by fall. This is going to take time. This is going to take a generation of people like us to really, like, stop back, go to the polls and vote, and put the right people in office, which we clearly didn't do last time. So it's it's a good wake-up call that I think a lot of people were, you know, maybe back four years ago were, like, people are, you know, being too sensitive about it. But now we're here. We've had, like, the bubonic plague. The, you know, <laughs> everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. So I do think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But getting back to the movie, um, you know, it just showed you that. And then it showed you like the blatant. Uh, I remember the the DA was talking to Michael B. Jordan's character and he was like, I got to protect my, my county. But it, he's like, dude, you're not protecting, protecting part of the county. You're not protecting, you know, these other people aren't don't feel protected. They don't feel safe. You know, they can feel like they can walk out and you can be arrested for anything. Like, and, and it's true because you just realize. So it, I think what did, the movie did a great job showing you was they found the, the problem to like, or the, the solution to the problem so early on, like they're like, clearly this guy's innocent. And the, the I would say two thirds of the movie, maybe more is them seeing the work that, um, defendant did to like get just get him just a trial yeah basically because he in this case which is i'm not sure how often or not this happens but they said he was on death row before he even had a trial so yeah. if that even tells you something like unheard of it's like he has no chance like i know some people like quote unquote don't have a chance but like he literally had 
no chance. And then, I mean, he had his buddy on death row who ended up getting executed. Um, he was a former war vet. I mean, it, it just it just did a great job at showing all the different ways at which like someone can get ruined yeah. by the system. Like, yeah. he was a war vet. Uh, they were saying like he survived like a, a, a ambush, and he was literally the only one yeah. from his platoon that survived. And it obviously gave him just terrible PTSD yeah. and such. And he never got obviously diagnosed. And then I guess he was talking about how someone uh, coerced him or convinced him to to leave a bomb on someone's like porch and then it ended up obviously going off and killing someone but i mean he obviously was so sick and like so sad that he had done that because he didn't yeah want to do that and no one had ever helped him he said he had no family yeah. no no people to fight for him in court or pay for his so anything. pretty much pretty much during the, during the film like the day that he's set to get the electric chair he you know he pretty much gives his flag to Michael B. Jordan's character, which if you know anything about military people, like the flag goes to the family. And just to show like he met this guy, what weeks, weeks months before, before whatever. Yeah. Like that was, that's how little people you really had to like, that's just how many, like he was alone. Like he was really alone. And so that was sad to see me. Like you said, like it just shows you it's not one type of person that gets, but in here it's like all these people come from different scenarios but the common thing is they're, they were all black dudes and, uh, and you, uh, yeah, I mean, we, it just sucked. Like, yeah. And like, that's just one side. Those are the people that plead not guilty. Right. But yeah. then you got to talk about the people that, and they touched on it again, briefly in the film, but they basically bully people that don't have the financial educational, any sort of resources to like stand up for themselves in court. They make them take these plea deals because they're like, hey, look, we have all this evidence against you, whether it be valid or not. Um, so then they say, yeah, sure, I'll take this 25 to life instead of capital punishment, right? But yeah, they didn't necessarily like do anything, let alone like something worth 25 to life. So it, the system, like you said, it just runs so deep and it's been hard for me to like hear people, quote unquote, realizing that in yeah. the last you know couple of weeks because – I mean, it's not like it's a new issue. So, I just want to say, I'd like to hear more from you. Like, uh, oh no, I think what's your takes on on not just the movie? I guess we can move past that now. Yeah. But I like mean, everything. The, the movie was something that kind of just it was like just good art. It was an art form. It was a platform that was like showing you like a concrete example of kind of what is what we're trying to get changed currently. And I and I'll be honest, like this isn't something that like you said, people are just realizing this now. Like I can tell you from my experience, like these shootings happen and then you think about it, but it just, they go away. And then, you know, when people talk about white privilege, you realize like that's kind of what they're talking like this. It's not an issue. And I think with the change with this whole George Floyd situation, it's like for whatever, I think whether it be like, it was so clearly like, if you watch the video, there's no, there's no debate on this. There's no like, oh, and George Floyd like wasn't this like, you know, criminal bad guy. And it was just like that cop was a monster. And, it was and even, okay, well, even if he right. was a criminal guy, right? You're right, you're right. So, uh, he was still, the guy had his hands in his pockets. Like, right. it's I'm, not like he's a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. it's just so, like you said, monstrous. I just remember. And, like, and it's on clear, up close video. It's yeah. like, there's I, no I would argue, that there's been more obvious cases in the past, but like 
this one, like like you said, no one can deny. Like no one can. not one the most even the most racist person. Yeah. But will see, be like, like yeah, you know, that thing. was a little bit much. I just remember in the past, like when when these things would happen, there would be someone would like dig deep enough and there'd be some dumb criminal record that they would like pull. And uh, with this, there's just nothing. Like George Floyd's actually like a good dude, and I'm pretty sure he's like friends with Stephen Jackson. And, like he was like there was like a video that surfaced about like him talking about the next generation, like what you you guys need to do and all the stuff. So it's just like Jesus, like and that's like what this movie kind of captured. What, what my thoughts have been has been like, yeah, it's not good enough. To, I mean, I've added so many thoughts and just so much like what we, I mean, just totally like your mind's just racing constantly about like, you know, it starts out with my friends, like you, Corey, Isaiah, Denzel, and it goes to like, well, no, it's like, I can't just, you know, focus on you guys. It needs to be like, I can't just do it for you. You got to do it for like, we're all Americans. We're all in this together and we need to like really come together like we're taught, like, but we actually actually like, need to do that. And, you know, we need to vote the right people. And it, it just runs like right now. I can't even really put thoughts together because I have so many. But what this movie did, like I said, again, it just shows you there's a level of like, um, what's the word for it? Like we just, we just have a head start or we have like an unfair advantage where maybe not even – we have an advantage, but what this movie showed was like there's a clear like disadvantage for for a black like a black man. That movie was literally like like you said, he had his own business, he did everything right. He had one like you don't even call it a slope, you can call it whatever, but he he got together with a white woman in this town. I guess we did forget to mention which uh that, not that that means he should have died, obviously, but it is just another example of like that's all he had to do and that's to why get they, his life that's why taken they away. Much pinned it on him because right. they were like, I mean, the South, the eighties, you know, inner inner I can't even say the word I know, sorry. But like, you know, he got inter, black, interracial yeah, interracial relationships. <laughs> I was gonna say intermingle. I was like, what was I thinking? But uh yeah, they they pretty much have like an interracial relationship in this county, and you kind of put that like you put that together. That's the only reason they wanted him and gone because, like they said, oh, it started out with that, and then it went to he's a drunk, and then it went to and he's like a he's the drug dealer of the county. Like you know, rumors in these small towns just pile up, and so they said we're going to get him for it for for this murder that at the end you realize was like a white guy that murder this girl and it's just everybody looks like idiots but yeah man it's a it's a crazy time and uh we we talked last night and just hearing your thoughts about everything like i think for for me one thing that um we need to do as a country is like our we need to like do education reform on on what we're taught about history because i think that that's something like you know, we're taught about the 13 colonies. Well, I just remember, like, how we're taught is you learn about Europe, you learn about, like, early Middle Ages, you learn about the Renaissance, you learn about all that, and you learn, and then it just goes throughout time, and then it goes to Columbus coming over, 13 colonies, kind of gets into slavery, maybe you learn a little bit, but it's not like you don't, re- like, learn the nitty-gritty details about it. You're just taught about there were slaves, 
but you're not really like, you know, there's not that many specifics about it. And I would go as far as to say they make it seem like it's not even, or it wasn't even it was just that like bad. Like, yeah. for example, my eighth grade field trip was to Washington, D.C. We went to Monticello, Thomas Jefferson's house. We went to Mount Vernon, New York, George Washington's house. Yeah. They were taking us around to like the slave quarters and, you know, showing us the property and whatnot. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like he was had these sorts of relationships with his slaves, not like the other slave owners. And you're like, I mean, like, how did that make you feel? Because I've never thought about it. I mean, obviously, like, for me, I mean, to, in my we've talked about this off the air, but like all of it is just completely and uh, utterly disrespectful yeah, to not just black people, but people of color in general. Like, like I said, the dollar bill has slave owners on it. Yeah. Mount Rushmore has slave owners on it. Uh, I mean, the KKK is legal in the United States today. So that, I don't see, even, it's just, just, it's just extremely disrespectful. Like they don't respect black lives. The fact that people even have to say black lives mattered. Like, don't you see how, how degrading and, and disgusting that is. Like I have to tell you that I'm a person. Yeah. Like in 2020, and then, I don't think, I just think it makes me extremely upset. So that's why I've been trying to listen more to understand like why people never saw so that we can then change other people yeah. not seeing it. Because it, if like I, the thing I tell people is like, imagine if George Floyd was your uncle, yeah. right? How would you respond to this? Oh my God, the police, this, the police are the worst, the government, this, I hate everyone. This happens all the time. It's still happening. We're finding more names day by day. So yeah. it's like, if you don't think any of those are worth responding to, then like, why was George Floyd's? If that makes sense, you know, like, so yeah, it's been tough, but I've just been trying to, uh, number one, remain calm and level-headed because being angry doesn't do anything. Uh, and I'm, I guess I've been angry for a long time. So again, yeah, I'm just more solutions oriented now. I've been to a couple of protests and they were amazing and inspiring and all that good stuff. They were uh, emotional, but I mean, the protest is a protest at the end of the day. So yeah, I've been trying to figure out, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I'm trying to figure it out because I kind of already know a lot of the things that can be done. It's just, how do we, like you said, make those first steps like into a better United States? Like I think, sorry, step one, is admitting because we still have yet to admit as a country, like you said, all of the wrongdoings, like we understand slavery happened. We don't understand basically anything else. So I think step one, it's like an addict. Like you have to admit that you have a problem, then you can address the problem and figure out how to solve it. But like you said, it's deep, it's real deep and it's 2020. It's about time America, like put itself on trial, you know? I like that. No, and, and I mean, do you think like, do you think that this George Floyd incident has, or you, I mean, like, at least like people are starting to acknowledge? I mean, a little bit, but not really. Like I go back to in high school, I was arguing with fools at lunch and stuff about Kaepernick because it's the same, it's literally the same thing. Like George Floyd's in Minnesota. uh, I can, the lists are so long. I can't even bring up one individual name, but it's just like. How many more do we need to add to the list, you know, before it's like relevant enough to make change? And and that's why that's why I continue to say like education is is 
like such a stepping stool because like young people, like I said, like your your view on the presidents who owned slaves, I knew that, but to me they were always like, oh, these are the founding fathers. Of our yeah, country. they're they're celebrated as like the icons of America. They're like they, and to me, they're nobody. I get yeah, and I, and I totally see like where you're coming from as that, and I'm like like. That's the, that's the it's shift. almost it's almost like being a refugee in your in your native country. Yeah. Imagine like. Yeah. Like, I, where would you go? What would you do? You're just, Who do you talk to? You're always on like stepping on glass. I feel like type of thing, and like that's uh, that's that's a shift because, like, if I was, I feel like my personal view of growing up and like seeing these people, like it was kind of taught, like, yo, these guys were. They, they defeated the British and they started like the whole democracy thing over here and our judicial system and our, you know, our pretty much our whole government. They, they started that. But understand, they were also like slave owners and, you know, they did not respect all the citizens we have today. Well, they didn't even respect women at the time that the oh, yeah. the declaration, let's say, was signed, right? We also so, like, need to talk about the declaration. So, look, love America, great place. You know, we could be in other places, but I think Joe Rogan had a great thing about this. Like, if the presidents came back, we're like, yo, this thing hasn't been updated yet. They'd be pissed. <laughs> They'd be so upset and so disrespected. Like, you guys really just thought you could, <laughs> just, like ride a one -time it, thing? You could just ride it out for hundreds of years? Like, like what are you about, crazy? About, they keep the bit, wait, there's, like, machines. What, first of all, what is a machine? <laughs> Second of all, there's, like, stuff in the air. What's a Like, they would have, like, kind of come up with new Even stuff. Even if you gave them a pen, they'd be like, what is that? It's like, <laughs> yeah. you have to understand like what life was like. They were using birds. They're, the second amendment is surrounded is, or is basically made for militia services. So you like, why? Because the, we were trying to kick the British out. So imagine right? like you were like, wait, so you mean to tell me you guys still use that, but you also pay more than anyone for your military and defense. So like pick one, you got to pick one. I think America needs to pick one be like, are we the greatest country in the world? Or, are we primitive? Literally, are we primitive? Yeah. Like at this point, it's just so uh, cut and dry, elementary, remedial. Like it's not hard to see what we need to be doing right now, but there's just people at the top that will not do it. So yeah, now it's it's almost like a double-edged stardom. You know, I think, like I said, like education. But you're right; it starts at the top. We need to vote the right people, and we also just need to get. I don't know what like. Both the candidates running in November, it's just like... Well, they need man. to change everything because the way that it's set up now, we're not meant to get the best yeah, candidates. You know what I mean? Like We're getting the people that have put in the most money yeah. in a sense. So, uh, yeah, I think we need to start, not start over, but like I said, America needs to put itself on trial, figure out where are our issues and solve them. Like we can't just be this, living in this fantasy land anymore. No, uh, like, that. and it's, it say, was even worse because, let's say, seventy percent of the population was living in the fantasy land, and thirty percent was not. So that causes even more issues. And now we're, it's it's all like coming to a head right now. So like, yeah, it's um, I don't know, man. Well, hopefully by the end of this pod, we can figure it out. Probably won't, but definitely <laughs> we'll <get> won't. <laughs> no, but trying to you know, I'm the. I'm just gonna keep it whatever. But uh, have you had to have any um, conversation with like your family members or like close friends or anything? Um, in the last in the last let's say month. In the last month, 
Uh, my dad, you know, he's in the National Guard. He actually went down to LA for, for you know, he got deployed. I talked to him a little bit about it, and uh, he pretty much said, like, he was, like, leading. And so I was just like, yo, dad, just make sure just people rioting. Don't – because I went – because me and you went to the protest in North Park. Right. Um, so it was around that time. And I, we kind of talked about um, my experience with that and just how I, it was like just totally, it was just like a beautiful, like, no one was really like, you know, people had signs like F the cops would do this, but no one was really being like thrown inside the cops. The people who. There was no bad blood. Yeah. From the one person good, at all. Were cops were doing their thing, their little drills yeah. and, you know, surround the crowd. They were just kind of like marking. Keeping, making, making sure the traffic was stopped, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, doing their job in the protest. So we're just walking. I mean, it's really not like anything crazy. Yeah. It's just powerful to see. 6,000 people. All those people just walking through the streets and chanting together and, and being together. Like, I think we forgot what it was like coming out of COVID practices yeah then we just release into the streets with all these people and you're like everybody and it was fine yeah but uh, i want to continue to talk about the uh the protests as well as you know just what i talked about with it but yeah um yeah i mean just talking to my dad uh you know i come from like a pretty republican family not like super crazy conservative route so we lean right but we're not this like you know make america great again like chant like you know we don't have any Confederate flags hanging out in the house, I can tell you that. But, uh, no, it was, I mean, it was good. I haven't talked to him much about it. Um, just kind of talking about my dad, what he saw. He had some good things to say. I mean, he kind of said, he, he pretty much said what I saw. He saw a lot. I think in L.A. there were maybe a little bit more rioting. It was definitely more rowdy in L.A. For, yeah. like, by far. I think he said one of his guys got something thrown at his head and, like, you know, there's probably a little bit more like cussing and chanting out, but nothing that he wasn't expecting. I mean, look, it's a, like, it's an emotional time. Like no one's going to deny that people are pissed off. And I think he understood that. Um, and what I was kind of taking from that was like, we need, and I mean, I'm not going to toot my dad's own horn, but he's a pretty rational human being. And when you're, you know, he's a soldier, he's been some pretty, you know, Serious situation. He's seen some things. So I think in terms of knowing how to de-escalate a situation, he's the type of guy you would want. And so I was just talking to him and I was realizing like, I think like, just, just another thought. I was like, cause I see this all like this, uh, you know, defund the police stuff, defund the police stuff. And my, my first, my first thought was obviously like, yeah, defund these like, that's like, what do they need? Yeah. What yeah. are they doing with the money? Anyways? But then, you, yeah. Like, uh, but then you realize like, and, and it, it makes sense from a point like, we can take that money from, you know, we, the police force, put it into schools, put it back into those communities that everybody's talking, like the black communities that need help. Take that money, put it in there, you know, put it into reform, put it into helping them vote. Because, you know, everybody says go out and vote, but we even talked about that. It's not easy it's for everybody. It's not that easy, yeah. Which shouldn't I, it's the 20th, like, like how can we not vote from our phones? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of people, on, especially on podcasts, like, at least that I listen to lately, have been like, why can't we just vote from the phone? We literally do everything else. Everything else. And I understand you need, like, cybersecurity, yeah. voter fraud, blah, 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 blah. But that stuff happens anyways. So, like, we might as well give make it, it give it a try. Or, like, or start at, like, a lower level and then, like, you know, start Exactly, exactly. Like I said, I think it's just time to upgrade oh, every, sure. everything, especially when it comes to voting, because like you said, that is the foundation of, yeah. of our nation of democracy. That, right? That's that's what like, and I mean, I think we, maybe we can both agree, maybe we can't, but like, 
you know, we're taught like voting is like a very much. It's like the number one thing like, as a citizen that you, you have to American be doing. American pride to tell exactly. like you have a voice. So it's like if we have a voice, everybody needs to be like, shouldn't have to wait eight hours in line to vote. You should be able to. You should not to pay. You should not to take, like, there's just, there's a lot. Even if people, like, look up gerrymandering when you guys get a chance. Like, even when people do vote, people redraw lines to make. reshift counties. It's it's just like you said, it's so deep. The the fingers are so locked. Fingers of racism are so locked into this country that it's going to take almost a fresh start. Um so yeah it's a lot and i understand like sometimes you got to take a deep breath like i've tried to dive head on into all this i've tried to you know like watch all the videos but it's just it is and it can't well sorry it can be overwhelming so but i think I everyone think needs to kind of like i want to yeah. say go at their own pace but at the same time understand the urgency at which like some people are addressing this issue where it's literally life or death right so if you were like wow i could potentially get killed in a couple of weeks you would be acting a whole lot different yeah than if you weren't yeah. so like that's you just got to put yourself in someone else's shoes and especially like when you go to the protest it's so i think that's the first step for everyone that is because once you go sure. out there and once you see faces and bodies of people of all ages sizes shapes ethnicities that was the, that was the thing i noticed. income levels at the protest i don't know about together. that so much but yeah. It was everyone was there. It was like a, it was a, it was what when you think when your tallway America is a melting pot. That's what that protest was. It wasn't just you know a bunch of black people and then like there was me. by far more <laughs> white people than black people. Oh, that's 100%. for damn sure. At all the protests that I've been to, there were yeah, and and I mean also like, we are in San Diego, so I understand. But like <laughs> a lot of you get you get the point. But yeah, so so I agree with that though. You need to go out and even if you're there for like. 30 minutes you don't have or, to stay walk 10 miles no. just go out there and listen to the people hear the hear you have to see like protesters lined up against police and that's when you'll be like okay maybe this is a little bit more serious yeah. than i thought because like people are crying people yeah, are yeah. praying people are talking people are pleading people are asking people are yelling people are mad people are throwing stuff it's like a full the full gambit of gamut of emotions like and not just and you're at, at some points people are like almost partying exactly like, like there's it's like this as you march you go through like every single emotion you're you're up and like you know like how i said you're you're angry you're you're sad and then you're happy and energetic and then you're like tired as hell he's been walking for three hours it's every it's every emotion it's everybody together i think that's the most important thing that i took away from it was like i came back and i mean i remember me i was talking to Kyrie, and like i was like dude i am like there's people living belt like i'm not yelling screaming the whole time there's no way they're gonna have a like a like a voice box after tonight and i mean they did it for three hours and i remember like when i got back home at the end of it it was like i was like super energetic like ready to go it was and, and people were asking, oh, how did it went? I was like, it was, it was a beautiful experience. There was no, all the things you were seeing on social media about. None of it. Nothing even close to it. Tear gassed or rioting or people breaking, like, like breaking into mom and pop shops. It was nothing like that. And, it, and then, then your brain goes and you're just like, why is that the only stuff that gets reported? And then you're just like, God, now you're back in that thing. And you're just like, you're so It's much, a cycle, man. It's, it's run, like how we've been pretty much preaching on this podcast. It runs so deep. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, to kind of tie this all back in with the movie, it was like, you realize at the end of it, you know, it's based on a true story. So you see, I think pretty much at the end of this movie, they get Johnny D released the D or is it the DA? The district attorney. Yeah. yeah the district attorney pretty much. Who was, who was who a great the, actor. The lead, yeah. Great actor. And obviously acting as the lead prosecutor in yeah. this, in this case, he, in the final trial, like you can just, the actor pretty much did such a good job of like seeing like, he, he felt so guilty. He couldn't even talk. And he pretty much murmured like, yeah, we, we agree. Like drop all the allegations. He switched. Yeah. Switch basically switch teams in the middle, in the middle. It'd basically be the equivalent of like fourth quarter. The quarterback of, of one team goes and joins the other team like that. Yeah. And everyone was just like, or like, so that's coach. it. Yeah. Like, like, so that's it. Exactly. So that like, it's over game, you know, game over at that point. Like it's done. But then, you kind of like, okay, wow, this is a great victory. Like you even had like a oh an audible like yell, like, let's go. You know I what I mean? Fi- and then you think about like that's just one guy. Well, then they so, show they show all the numbers. They show all the people that like have been put on death row since I think probably I don't know if it was that one or just everybody in history. And it's like two hundred people. And then you see how many were like it was like one in nine or right? like that's such a bad ratio. That's a terrible number. Like that's it's not that's a very high number. And and then you see, you know, all the good he's done since, like, I think up until, like, 2017. Like, I think that's how far it went. And uh, Ice Cube Jr.'s, like, character got released because you realized he was running convicted, I think, in, like, 2015, which is just nuts because he was in the 80s. Right. So and, he's still on de- – the- this whole time, the yeah. guy's still in- on death row, like, waiting. His friends – one got killed, one gets freed, and he's just still there. Yeah. And you, but you know, you start, and then I think some of my thoughts on it was like, you think about, okay, well, how did they win? You know, an educated black man from Harvard did his thing, and it was like that's people talk about, like we need to, you know, boost, make it actually equal, because like that's not common, like you know, at all, especially not even time. close, yeah, yeah, you especially know, not in Alabama. People being like, oh, you went to like a white guy, like a white guy school, like oh, and then. And how they have people are like, what? Like, they thought it was they like, even like, sorry to jump back to like yeah. earlier in the film, but they strip searched him when he goes into his first oh. client meeting, right? Yeah. And he's like, well, attorneys don't get stripped. And they were like, well, guess what, buddy? This is Alabama. So, like, yeah. you're going to get strip searched. Like, and then he was, that was kind of like his wake up call. Like, I'm the same as these prisoners on death row. Yeah. And so, like, that's where I think people need to see like the urgency for me or other people is like, I am no different than any of those people. I just happened to be born and raised or grew up in Sacramento, California and went to SDSU. But like Tamir Rice was 12 years old in Cleveland, Ohio and he got killed at the park. So like, yeah, it could be anyone, you know? So like, if you just act as if it were you or your dad or your brother or your aunt or your cousin, your best friend, I think everyone would be better off. Oh, 100% agree. I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, you make a great point. It's like, I don't know if it's just like the South. I mean, I don't want to just put it like the South is just different. And it's not just in the South. That's what I was trying to tell you after yeah. the movie ended. Like, we live in California. It still happens. And it's the most most liberal state. I think uh, oh, yeah. my mom always says my, my great-grandpa, her grandpa, calls it, or a lot of people called it, the freest state in the Union, which is a Civil War-ish era term. So, like, and it still rings true, but it still happens in California. 
so like that like again it's so deep and it's so old and it's so strong it's going to take all of us to get rid it of is. it it is absolutely going to take all of us and um and all you yeah. out there listening don't try to look away don't try to exit the pod i see you i know exactly where you are right now yeah that's right you and i do too and guess what are you religious you probably are oh guess what yeah I'm you know right. who's watching God, God is always watching. So all you people, that's like, oh, you know, God's if you son. claim to be a good person, right? If you claim to be a follower of Christ or or whatever religion it is that you follow, because I do not discriminate and I don't actually follow a specific religion. But I also understand that if you're just as good to others as you would like them to be to you, rule, baby. I think, like I said, there will be a much, much better place. Also, Jesus uh, wasn't white. That's another thing. If you didn't know that by now, I'm just making sure because a lot of a lot of people trust me. I was a lot of uh, Roman Catholic Church painted Jesus as white. I'm just gonna say he's born in Jerusalem. Go take a trip. There's literally no way unless he was albino, <laughs> and even still, he wouldn't be white. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, just be good. We could start out on an individual basis, treating everybody right. Kyrie absolutely said it the best. Golden rule. Um, and just remember, I put out a post that our generation will change the world. I believe it. I'm a positive, half full kind of guy. So, start why, why not us? Why not us? I love it. I love you guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Not, I know it's not something we normally do, but it's very appropriate for the time. Um, like I said at the beginning, we're going to continue to watch documentaries, review them, and it, it'll be, you know. We're going to talk about it, but we're going to do it. Um, Love you guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, stay safe and continue to change the world. Bye.